Are you looking for an athletic scholarship? You're in the right place. This is the Recruit Me Athletic Scholarship Podcast, the longest running podcast on recruiting and athletic scholarships. We're here to help your family navigate the recruiting road all the way to an athletic scholarship. He's a recruiting expert and a dad of a D1 athlete and a high school athlete pursuing a scholarship. With a wealth of experience to share, here's Recruit Me CEO, Brent Hanks. Welcome to episode 263 of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. This episode is called Exposure, the Good and the Bad. At some point, every recruited player was exposed to that school or that coach. Some recruits have a large number of exposures to coaches, and some have very few. The whole backbone of the Recruit Me recruiting education system is to help high school student-athletes in any sport get exposure and get recruited. The basic premise to get recruited is to get exposure to a coach or multiple coaches. The Recruit Me 3.0 scholarship system is filled with ways to get your own exposure. I just walked you through the six main steps of the Recruit Me 3.0 system on episodes 258 through 263 on the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. Please go back and listen to those five episodes. You can listen on your favorite podcast app or go to recruit-me.com backslash podcasts. The manual of the Recruit Me 3.0 system opens with a section about myths about athletic scholarships. I feel the number one myth about recruiting is this. If my child is good enough, the college coaches will find him or her. The truth is a very small percentage of high school student athletes receive scholarships because the coach just happens to see him or her at a meet, a match, a game, or an event. This myth is high in the minds of parents and student-athletes because those few nationwide or local recruits make for a great story, or it gets exaggerated over time and in social media. The reasons that very few student-athletes get just found is that colleges at the JUCO, NAIA, Division III, and Division II levels have limited resources, money, and time just to go to games and sit and watch thousands of players and just to hope a couple impress them. Did you notice that I didn't mention the D1 level? The Division I level does have more time and more money to recruit, but not all the D1s are equal in recruiting. Do you think Alabama in football, Kentucky in basketball, Oklahoma in softball, LSU in baseball, or track and field in Arkansas, and lacrosse at Maryland, or Iowa in wrestling need to search for players? No. The Power Conference and the nationally acclaimed programs have players from all over begging to play there. But what about D1s that are lesser known in that sport? Take where my son Parker is playing baseball, Northwestern University. Northwestern is a good baseball program, but just started recruiting nationwide in the last five to six years. So like many, many, many schools, whether D1 or the other levels, Northwestern depends on high school student athletes to contact them, like Parker did. They depend on coaches' referrals, showcases, and camps to identify recruits. Go back and listen to episodes 216 and 217 to get an overload of scholarship information on the number of scholarships available throughout all the levels. Also, hear Parker's journey to Northwestern on episode 215. So, the title of this episode is Exposure, the Good and the Bad. Exposure is defined as the fact or condition of being exposed. And exposed is defined as open to view from Merriam-Webster Dictionary. So in recruiting, you need to be viewed. So how do you get viewed? Where do you get viewed? And when do you get viewed? 
Recently, I had a coach tell me that his summer baseball team was breaking up for the next year because two or three of the players, well, the parents, thought the team and their sons didn't get enough exposure to college coaches this summer. So they are switching to another summer baseball organization. This team traveled to some great locations and competed in and won a lot of games. They played in Kansas City, Baton Rouge, Cedar Rapids, Fayetteville, and Tulsa. These were high-level tournaments throughout the Midwest, where the team is from. So as players entered their sophomore year in high school, yes, the team were freshmen last year. Few, if any, played on their varsity baseball team. Most of them are under 6 feet tall and weigh 130 to 165 pounds. At 14 to 15 years old, they topped out at 82 miles an hour, maybe. Most, 75 to 76 from the mound. And maybe some are just starting to shave. Unless you are a freshman that's 6'3 and 185 pounds and throwing consistently 85 miles an hour for a right-hander, you are not a prospect as a freshman. And if you are that prospect, coaches are seeing you at camps or on video rather than running across you at a random tournament. There are other reasons going on in college sports right now, too. As we come off the COVID cancellations and the recruiting restrictions and the opportunity for college athletes to get an extra year to play, rosters are full. There are thousands of college athletes in the transfer portals as they are looking for opportunities to get that extra year that they missed. JUCO players are looking for that D3, D2, D1, or NAIA four-year school. Graduate students are taking their extra eligibility year to help get that COVID year back and to compete for one last time or try to go pro and continue their education. Coaches this summer were just figuring out how many holes they were going to have to fill as they waited for players to make decisions or as the coaches made decisions on who was going to remain on their team. So not only were odds normally low that a player was needing exposure as a freshman, but right now there are multiple additional factors. Hopefully the full rosters and transfer portal numbers will go back to normal and the classes of 2025 and 2026 will again be more normal. So let's talk about when exposure happens normally. Obviously, it will be different for many recruits for many reasons. Your sport, your gender, your size, your talent, your area of the country, or whether you're right-handed or left-footed, and more. But for a majority of high school student-athletes, your real exposure, your real marketing of yourself, is again for the majority of students after your sophomore summer and into your junior year. RecruitMe's goal is to educate you on the recruiting process and help you save both time and money throughout the process. I'll throw in there that RecruitMe can save you some mental stress too. If you will go to recruit-me.com and download the free recruiting power pack, one of three helpful tools is you get a template for a player profile that you can send out to coaches as you fill out the spaces. When you send information to coaches, you want to make a good first impression. So you need some of your sports stats, you need a GPA, an ACT or SAT score, a class rank. You need physical information that matches or comes close to college players on your future team. If you can't provide or fill in these blanks, you're probably not ready for much exposure. So, if we go back to my friend's problem of people leaving because of lack of exposure as a freshman, let's take RecruitMe's advice and chill on looking in the stands when you're 14 or 15 and just play your sport. Get better, get bigger, and build your resume on the field or the court or the track or the pool and build your academic record so when you are 6'1 and 185 pounds or running a 6.85 60-yard dash 
Or you can hit a three-pointer without shooting from your belt and able to make an impressive first impression. Remember, too, that academics provide a lot of scholarships for students. There are only six Division I full-ride sports, men's D1 basketball and men's D1A football, and women's D1 basketball, women's tennis, women's volleyball, and women's gymnastics. The rest of the D1 sports are equivalency sports and have a set number of scholarships available to split up among a large number of players. An example is that D1 baseball gets 11.7 scholarships to spread over 30 to 35 players on a team. Some junior college programs can give full-ride scholarships. Division II and NAIA have a set amount of athletic scholarships to give, and D3 and Ivy League schools have zero athletic scholarships to give. So to wrap up when to get exposure, Recruit Me recommends to get on your horse after your sophomore summer and into your fall of your junior year. Take the ACT or SAT early to get a score and get some practice so you can learn what you need to work on for the next test. Remember, we are all about less stress, too. Now that we know the when of exposure, let's see how you get exposure and where you get exposure. Recruit Me and the Recruit Me 3.0 system concentrate mainly on how to get exposure but we will talk about the places you need to be seen too. The how to get exposure is to let coaches know when and where you will be playing. So the steps of the Recruit Me 3.0 system start out by doing research on schools and teams in your sport. You will do this research on schools all the way through your recruitment, freshman year through your commitment. If you don't do research on colleges, you may end up just shooting at moving targets. By having an educated research school list, you can pin down schools that fit your level and your academic and athletic needs. Use your freshman and sophomore years in high school to educate yourself on colleges. As you travel to tournaments or camps or showcases your freshman and sophomore year, take a few minutes each trip to drive through a few college campuses. Listen to episode 206 for more information on drive-throughs. Now as you get to the end of your sophomore summer, and get ready to start your junior year of high school, it's time to send your personal packet that includes your introductory email and a player profile. Contacting and introducing yourself to coaches is now coming into play. This is how you get exposure. Send your introductory email. Send your player profile. Send your recruiting questionnaire. Send video clips. Send updates. Now the coach can see you in video clips, but there is still no substitute for a coach seeing you compete in person. A coach can see you compete at a high school game or a match or a meet. They can see you at a practice, at a tournament, at an instructional camp, or at a prospect camp, or at an ID camp. But how can you get to them all? One of RecruitMe's goals is to provide free and inexpensive resources as much as possible. So I don't want you to go nuts and try to go and spend hundreds and thousands of dollars traveling to all these events. Go to camps your freshman and sophomore years mainly if you want to get instruction on how to get better in your sport. Then, as your junior year comes around, you need to do research on your original and updated school list and see if your schools are having prospect or ID camps. You then email the coach and ask if they are still looking for a talented libero or a speedy outfielder or a state champion triple jumper. There is no reason to spend money and time if their recruiting class is full for that year of graduation or for your position or for an event that you specialize in. Some sports may only carry three goaltenders and may have a junior, a sophomore, and a freshman in that role. And they may not need another player at that position, or a team may not have any scholarships available at that time. It certainly doesn't hurt to ask, 
and I think it shows maturity to ask that kind of question. In sentence recruitment, my youngest son, we asked at the first of the summer this question to a coach, and he was honest and said he was waiting to talk to his players to see who would be returning or which ones were going to use their COVID extra year. Then Sutton emailed back an update after the summer season ended, and the coach indicated that he had some spots for the outfield in the class of 2022 class of graduates. If you're at the point of your recruitment that you are going to prospect or ID camps, whether the school is inviting you or whether you are fishing for a college and inviting yourself, you need to ask this question. Are you looking for a recruit at my position in my class? As Sutton looks for a college, he is sending emails to all the colleges that are listed to be at a specific showcase. He lets the coaches know that he will be there and lets them see him before the showcase by sending video, stats, and awards. So like Sutton, we recommend that you send them a follow-up after the showcase to tell them thank you and that it was nice to meet them. Oh yeah, you need to introduce yourself at the showcase or ID camp and also do your best when you're at the showcase. We have all heard about a high school athlete having a great game, match, or meet, and that college coaches were at this event, and the athlete would come off the field, the pitch, the court, or the track, and five or six college coaches are waiting to talk to him or her. Yes, this does happen occasionally. Occasionally. Let's think about the chances, the percentages, that this might happen. Unfortunately, this scenario happening in high school games is very limited because the coaches in your sport are in the middle of their college season and can't do a lot of in-person recruiting during the high school season. The college coaches are up to their ears busy. If you are a high school athlete and you go off for 40 points on a Tuesday night game on the road, the chance of a coach from a college 100 miles away seeing it or even hearing about it is very slim. Local colleges may pick it up a little bit, but please don't depend on a coach just seeing your performance. High school games and events are important. But just depending on a coach falling in love with you is a roll of the dice. Now, work hard in your high school sports. High school sports provide an opportunity to learn to be a great teammate, to be coached daily, and to learn to compete at high levels, and many times in front of passionate crowds and intense circumstances. Both of my boys played basketball, and getting to play in front of hundreds, even thousands of fans, is a great learning experience, and carries over to their baseball to be able to handle pressure situations. Parker played in the Bass Pro Tournament of Champions basketball tournament on the campus of Missouri State University in Springfield, Missouri. Our high school played Oak Hill Academy, which is a national power. The starting five for Oak Hill went on to play at Kansas, Oregon, Kentucky, Florida, and West Virginia. As a matter of fact, Keldon Johnson went to Kentucky, and then now he's with the Spurs and just won a gold medal with the U.S. men's basketball team. At the Bass Pro Tournament of Champions, there were up to 7,000 fans at these high school games. My only advice to Parker was not to take a charge in those games. His high school team lost by 15 points to Oak Hill. Not too bad. They ended up beating Christ the King out of New York and lost a close one to a team out of Utah. High school sports are very important, but you can't depend on a coach just seeing or hearing about you, especially if you want to go outside your area for college. So if you say that I will play for a great club team and we will go all over the region or the country and I will be seen at these tournaments or events, you may be more right. I said may. 
If you haven't been to these volleyball or basketball tournaments with 50 courts or baseball or softball tournaments with eight fields or fields all over an area or a city or a soccer tournament with fields that are large and there are many of them, you may not know or visualize how hard it would be for college coaches to just come across you. You might make a great catch in the outfield and throw a runner out at third, but the coaches are watching a loaded team on field number two. You may have 10 kills in a match and serve five aces, but coaches are all watching on the featured court with a balcony and food. You may throw the discus for a personal best and win that event at that meet, but coaches are watching the 100-meter race. Or you may have a first-inning three-run homer, but the coach was just walking over to the field and didn't see it. I'm telling you that if you don't contact coaches and ask them to watch you specifically, the coaches will probably be somewhere else. If you're a junior or a senior, it is go time, and you need to invite coaches to see you. Even if they miss your performance, you are on their mind, and your performance will mean more if they know who you are and that you are interested in their program. Most club teams do a good job in promoting their athletes, but your personal touch is a huge factor in getting a college interested in you. If there are 15 D1 coaches and 10 D2 coaches watching your game and your team, but you are more of a junior college, NAIA, or Division III prospect, those 25 coaches really don't do any good for you. Yes, they may have another coach that they might suggest you to, but again, that's a roll of the dice. Parker emailed and invited Northwestern and Coach Reynolds, the pitching coach, to watch him at a showcase tournament just south of Chicago. His email and video piqued Coach Reynolds' interest, and Coach Reynolds contacted the team's coaches for the showcase and made arrangements to see Parker pitch on a Thursday. Listen to episode 215 to hear more about that day. There is no way that Parker ends up as a Wildcat without that email. Parker sent 10 emails to 10 other colleges in that area of the country. Only two responded, Iowa and Northwestern. He now pitches against three of those schools that didn't respond. This showcase was at the end of the summer as Parker was entering his senior year of high school. To circle back to the story that the players and the parents expected the coaches to see them and get exposure after their freshman year in high school at high-level tournaments, let's say that's not the time that most recruiting is done. It does happen, but it is rare. If you are a five-star prospect as a freshman or a sophomore, congratulations. You are talented and blessed, but for a huge number of high school student-athletes, you need to understand where you are in the recruiting process and relax. Players and parents, quit looking over your shoulder or in the stands your freshman and sophomore years and just enjoy the sport or watching your son or daughter and the opportunities to travel together. Players, work on getting better. Concentrate on the next pitch, the next shot, and the next race and not the stands. To wrap up this episode, you learned how to get exposure by contacting coaches and not depending on just going to tournaments and hoping a coach shows up. You learned when to get exposure. Chill out until you are recruitable, mainly right before your junior year of high school. And you learn where to go to get exposure. High school games, summer games, showcases, and prospect or ID camps are ripe for exposure. But you have to contact coaches and let them know that you will be there. Over episodes 258 through 262, I discuss the recruiting checklist from the Athletic Scholarship Playbook and the Athletic Scholarship 24-Month Planner and Journal. There are nine items that help you to organize and know what to do as you go through the recruiting process. You can get the recruiting checklist by purchasing either one of these great recruiting resources by either contacting me, Brent, at recruit-me.com or on Amazon. Or, I just made the recruiting checklist available to you for only $1. 
check the link below in the show notes or go to the resource tab on recruit-me.com website. $1 gets you a map, a game plan to your recruiting adventure. Get it today. Also take advantage of the hot summer special on the Recruit Me 3.0 Athletic Scholarship System. The special ends August 30th. Get all the details on recruit-me.com backslash system. Thank you for listening to the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. Join me next week for another 15 minutes that will change your recruiting future.